Hi everyone, my name is Michaela, and this is the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness, where we spotlight stories from our community to uplift the collective consciousness. Thank you for being here and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela. Today we have with us MVP student, Margaret Young, coming all the way to us from Ireland. Margaret has a business called Wild Soul Yoga and Wellness. Margaret is a student of MVP who has completed the 300 hour and is a 500 hour teacher and is now exploring the 200 hour Tantra. I'm so excited to have Margaret here. Margaret is going to talk to us today a little bit about her experience with MVP, why she chose MVP, her favorites about MVP, et cetera. So we're going to get to know Margaret a little bit today, hear about her experience. So let's start off with, how are you, Margaret? I'm good. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to be on one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, what a pleasure. Thank you for, thank you for that. That's so kind. Um, so for the listeners, Margaret also goes by Max. So yeah, I have better known as she said, she's better known as Max. Um, so tell us a little bit about you. How are you today? Who are you? Where are you from? Etc. Okay. Well, I'm here in Dublin, Ireland, where I was born, where I've lived all my life. Um, I'm good today. I was teaching at 7am. So I'm up since 5am and it's 9pm now. So I'm bringing all the energy I can for the last hour of the day before I get to relax. But um, just to let you know a little bit about myself, I'm a Libran, I'm 45 years of age, I'm an animal lover, a big animal lover, and a vegetarian, and I have a dog named Kali, or Kali, whichever way you want to pronounce it, who's named after the goddess. Um, I'm a full-time yoga teacher and a wellness business owner since I qualified in June 2020, so that's just over two and a half years ago. And before that, I worked in fashion and retail and buying. And then I worked in health. So I worked in hospitals for over a decade and occasionally still dip in as well. So as you said, I'm 500, I'm actually 530 air qualified. And hopefully in the next few days, as I've just completed my Tantra training today, and I'm going to record my practicum tomorrow, done my essay. So hopefully in the next few days, I'll be 730 air qualified. So I wow. Yeah, it's a lot in two and a half years, but we'll get to that. And what a cool experience background though. So you were in fashion and retail and in health, and now you're in yoga. That is so cool. Yeah, I've had a few different careers, but this is the one that I'll be with now till, till I retire. Yeah. So tell us what brought you to yoga, practicing yoga as a student, and then deciding to take teacher training. Well, it's a little bit of a long story, so I hope we have time. Um, I feel like a lot of yoga teachers when I hear them being interviewed or, or telling their story a lot of them not all of them obviously but a lot of teachers come to yoga as you know they start going to classes for stress relief or for fitness or some kind of like tangible reason why they start going to classes whereas with me the asana came last so like as a child in like the eight eight, eight late 80s early 90s I was really into the body shop do you have the body shop in the U.S. Michaela? That's not ringing any bells. Okay, so it's it's a beauty store that sells, or yeah, they're still going actually, natural beauty products. So the founder, um, she's a bit of a, a pioneer, trailblazer, Anita Roddick, her name was, uh, a British lady, and she started this, these chains of natural beauty stores 
where the products were not tested on animals, which was, a, which was unusual at the time. They were fair trade, which was unusual at the time. And they were all about using like ingredients that were indigenous to the area so she traveled around the world. So it was through the body shop that I became interested in natural beauty first and then natural health and wellness. So basically I read every book out of my library on those subjects and I would try to make my own products. I would try to make face toner out of weeds basically. I would steam my face with herbs and hot water. So I, I kind of got interested in natural health first or I hadn't heard of Ayurveda at the time, it would have been more like herbalism. But then, you know, you become a teenager and, you know, your social life and your friends and partying it kind of takes over. So it wasn't until I was about 18 or 19 that I started getting interested in Indian culture through music. So it was really through the Beatles. And it was from being a fan of a band called Oasis. I don't know if you've heard of them, but it was through Oasis that I started listening to the Beatles. And they had, you know, their, their Indian phase and George Harrison's music and another band called Cool the Shaker who were really big at the time and they're still going and I still listen to them. So when I was 18 or 19, I was burning incense in my room. I had um, I had this like tin box with, with Shiva on it or Shiva as I pronounce it. And I was dreaming of visiting India. I was reading books about Indian and Eastern religions, but I'd never actually tried yoga. Like I was always aware of it and I don't remember the first time like I hear other people saying they remember the first time they they were like what are people doing you know what are what are those shapes I don't remember the first time I was just always aware of it but I never tried it and like even my family knew that I was interested and I would get books about yoga for Christmas and I remember I still have one of them I remember reading about uh, Kalibati breath you know school shining breath and different styles of yoga and I would read the books but I never actually went to a class, which is kind of weird. But I feel like I knew, I kind of knew that that was gonna be my thing, but I just wasn't ready, if you know what I mean? So it wasn't until I started running, I took up running, but running gave me a lot as well. That was kind of a precursor to, to yoga asana, that running gave me all those endorphins and, and great ideas and like, belief in myself that I went from not being able to run a couple of feet to running half marathons and it was that kind of courage because I was intimidated by yoga studios and this is my perception and you know I picked this up from Michelle this is not universal truth this is my perception of what you yoga studios were it was like in Ireland yoga went from being like you had to be a sandal wearing, you know, vegan hippie. And then it went really kind of the other way. Whereas it was like, you know, you had to be wearing Lululemon and be a yummy mummy and have a designer bag to go to the studio. So I didn't fit into either box. And as I said, this is all in my head, this is my perception. And I was intimidated by studio. So it took a lot of courage for me to actually start to go to a studio. And then we had yoga and work as well. So that was less intimidating because it was in like an empty office. So that's when I started to go regularly. But when I did start to go regularly, it was painful, not physically painful, but emotionally painful because 
things would arise for me in Shavasana. So I would avoid Shavasana. I would say I have to leave early or I would lie in Shavasana and I'd cry. So that was kind of what I suppose what you'd call the shadow work that needed to be done before I could get to the good stuff. So I love really, that. Yeah. So kind of a backwards story where I got yeah. into like the culture and naturalism and all that. And then the asana came last, probably because I just somehow knew that it was going to be difficult. I love that. Yeah. That it was going to be hard for you to enter into that kind of first the atmosphere because it sounds like you felt a little othered or just not welcome whether that's your perception or reality you felt that way um that is so neat you're right it's very far and few in between that people don't say that asana is what brought them to yoga first um so I think that that's cool and to have that hindsight now to be like yeah I probably wasn't ready for it at the time but it came to me when it when I was ready for it yeah, and, and like I said, there was things that I had to kind of walk through and, you know, there was people that I was estranged with that I reached out to directly because of yoga. I would literally, like, there were times where I'd come out of the studio and pick up my phone and say I need to reach out to someone because that's what would arise for me in Shavasana. And I always, like, not always, but I sometimes kind of warn people because if you go to a class in your gym or if you go to practice class, you don't need to tell someone that you know things may arise for you but with yoga sometimes you do have to warn people but it's not putting something there that wasn't already there it's helping you process something that is there I think that's important to make oh I like that it's not bringing anything that wasn't already present it's just creating space for you to kind of see something that was already there yeah and if it's arising for you you need to sit with it and you need to process it and you need to walk through it and then you can get to the good stuff. Yes. Yes. I I was similar. Um, Asana was painful for me emotionally and that was what drew me in. I didn't realize what was happening. Yeah. I would, I like would cry in Shavasana. My first, one of my first classes I took, I cried like heavy cried (laughs) in Shavasana. And I, cause it was like a, such a hot, sweaty class. And I remember thinking to myself, no one's going to notice because I just sweat my butt off. So it's okay. Um, but after that, I, I kept coming back because it was giving me a sense of emotional release that I wasn't able to find in any other part of my life. Well, that's, that's so nice for me to hear. Um, of course, I'm not the only person in the world that's had this experience. I'm not un- unique, but it's nice that we both kind of have that in common so you understand exactly what I mean yeah there's like this heavy wave that came in Shavasana and I think you said it perfectly I don't know that I've ever been able to kind of articulate it that way but just the clearing of space for me to see stuff that was there yeah it was stuff I didn't know was there but it was there yeah has to Um, be dealt with or it will find some other way like I used to have, um, well, I do have IBS, but it's kind of under control thanks to Ayurveda. And I have acne or I've had acne on and off. I feel like I, even before I start going to yoga regularly, I felt like there was something like some stress or whatever in my body or trauma or whatever it was. And it would just move around. I, I, you know, I went through a phase where I had migraines. It would just move around my body until I dealt with it. 
it's like the body keeps the score. We read that book for um, book club and it just talks about how if just like you're saying, when you don't process things, but you are still holding them, it comes up in your body physically as pain, phantom pain, what have you, it comes up. Absolutely. This is a beautiful segue kind of into my next question. So where did you get your 200 from? So I did my 200 in, in Ireland and it was in oh. person. So it started in September, 2019. And it finished in May 2020, but oh. as you know, and I hate to bring it up because everybody's probably sick of hearing about it, but we went into lockdown in March and Ireland had a pretty strict lockdown. Like the Christmas that we've just had was our first normal Christmas in 2019 where there was no restrictions. So we had a lot of restrictions. So our teacher training moved online. So two thirds was in person and then the final third was online. How was that transitioning in the middle of your training from in-person to online? So funny, Michaela, because I now have my own like membership platform for online classes. But at first, I hated taking a class over Zoom. I didn't mind doing the coursework over Zoom. That was fine. But taking the class, it was I think we were just out of our comfort zones. And I know a lot of teachers or many teachers found that struggle as well because they'd been teaching for years and years and years. But actually in the end, it turned out to be an advantage for me because I qualified during that period. So I taught online from day one. And then when I eventually got to teach real human beings in front of me, I was absolutely terrified because I was so used to Zoom. So it was like backwards again, it's backwards. Yes. My story is backwards. <laughs> but that's so intriguing for this new generation of students or teachers to be able to see because mine was the other way. I spent a year and a half to two years teaching in person and then lockdown happened and it went online and that was me out of my comfort zone. So it's so interesting yeah, to I hear think, the reversal for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think, I think it was... Um, out of a lot of people's comfort zones and you know at first when we went into lockdown it was supposed to be two weeks and then it was another two weeks and then it was another three weeks and then it was another six weeks so you just had to there was a little bit of time where nobody did anything and then everybody just went online so like I said second I qualified we had a graduation on international yoga day so that was June 21st of June and I started teaching online the next day you were ready ready to go yeah, so, and I didn't have any other job or any other backup plan. And that's the only way that I will do something is if I have no safety net. You have to jump right in. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Um, so how do you find MVP? How did I find it? It was actually one of the students from the 200 hour. So after my 200 hour, I did a 30 hour yin. And that was supposed to be in person, but again, we were still in lockdown. So that was online. And I only got to do my, my practical in person because you're allowed to have two people in a room kind of thing. So anyway, um, one of the girls from my 200 hour, her name is Emmy. Hopefully she listened to this app. I'm sure she does. But she, she's um, from Venezuela, but she was living in Ireland. And I think she's living in Spain now. But after we did our 200 hour and when we were allowed to meet people, we used to go for coffee and she told me that she had signed up for 300 hour. I was like, what, 300 hour already? Like only after finishing 200 hour. 
and she said it was online and she told me about MVP and I thought no this is too good to be true because price wise like we we had paid like a typical teacher training in Ireland that's in person would be two and a half three thousand euro so when she told me about the 300 hour online with my vanessa practice and it was like she said it was like 500 i was like no this is a scam this can't be real she's like i'll send you the manual have a look and obviously i didn't read the whole manual i just flipped through and i was like okay well if she's doing it it must be there must be some truth in it so i signed up and honestly one of the best decisions that I ever made I actually could not say enough about that 300 hour it was amazing amazing but we were still in lockdown Michaela and I'm sorry now to bore people talking about this lockdown but it's a it is a big part of my teacher training journey so I started my 300 hour in January 2021 and I finished it in 10 weeks but that was flat out like can I just explain that I'm pitta kapha dosha and I have a pitta imbalance and my reaction to the whole COVID thing was pure productivity up early on a schedule working out on the air every hour I'd have a task walking 10,000 steps I was way too um rajas logistic some people weren't very tamastic but I was the other way and it, I, I don't kind of advocate that so I did the 300 hour in 10 weeks I had all of the office hours in my schedule the ones that were accessible to me being in Ireland so I would do Ayurveda at 2 p.m every Friday I had a Monday and a Tuesday office hour during the day and a Wednesday night at nine o'clock was Michelle Young's and then I did all my classes I did my um, karma classes. I did all of my karma classes for different small Irish brands in the health and wellness space. So I reached out to loads of brands and I said, would you like me to take over your Instagram and provide a free class to your, your subscribers, your followers? And then I just uploaded those. So I kind of turned my karma into um, even more karma, I guess. That's so beautiful. Um, listeners, if you are in your training and you need to teach karma classes, take a note. I mean, that I admire your courage for reaching out to these brands and for your courage for actually like taking over their platforms and teaching a class. That's so cool. Nobody said no. Everybody was thrilled. I mean, free yoga. I wouldn't say no to free yoga. Yeah, I mean, they were all delighted. Um, a lot of them I'm still kind of in touch with. Like I run retreats now and they're they're happy to give me products like there's a drinks, you know, um, natural energy drink and a couple of other brands that I'm still in touch with. But that kind of wasn't really the purpose because I wasn't running retreats then, obviously. Yeah. But um, it was just to, I knew I didn't have enough clients myself to offer all of those hours, 20 hours. So I just went hell for leather, like with the whole thing. My knee, like when I finished, when I submitted at the end, my knees were so sore that I couldn't do any kneeling poses for a week or so because I just talked so much over it. Like. <laughs> my goodness. 
Um, so I'm just going to sidetrack a little bit because I'm just so intrigued and inspired by your confidence. Did you just reach out to these brands, like just on social media? You were just like, Hey, I'm in my teacher training. I'm looking to teach a class. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Wow. We all said yes. You and your pitta imbalance. I don't think, I don't see that as a pitta imbalance. I see that as a, as a, I don't know, man, courage. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it courage. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't call myself a courageous person and it's something that we'll probably get onto like later on, like when we talk about like the benefits of yoga and things is that it basically, yoga has unblocked my throat chakra that was blocked for like 40 years. And now that it's been opened, and I said this in my essay that I'm sending to Anna Pilar, now that it's been opened, there's no stopping it. <laughs> it's a runaway throat chakra. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The fact that I'm now chanting and I like I managed to go through school, college, my whole work life without ever reading aloud. The first day of, of yoga teacher training and I never intended to become a teacher. I was doing the teacher training to maybe start a business selling yoga products because I was afraid to teach, to have to stand or sit in front of a room full of people and speak was my biggest fear. From the first day of yoga teacher training, the teacher said, we're all going to take turns reading from the book. And immediately my heart started pounding, my mouth became dry. Yeah. I'm going to do a little meltdown. (laughs) And I said, I'll go first. So go first, get it over with. And then I was okay. I mean, that's courage there to me too. So you don't have to see yourself as a courageous person. I will see you as a courageous person. So you said that you loved the 300 hour. Tell us a little bit more about those 10 weeks. How, how did that experience change you, your practice, you as a teacher? Like the knowledge that you gain. And there were so many like modules that I wouldn't have necessarily studied, but now I'm so glad that I have them. So I focus mainly on yin vinyasa and restorative but because of the training I did trauma informed which is so important so I always have like a trauma informed element to my classes like I always let people know what to expect very respectful about um adjustments and approaching people on the mat and not allowing you know because I teach in a hotel as well sometimes the guests aren't regular yogis and they think it's okay to get to walk around during shavasana so all those kind of trauma-informed, I did adaptive yoga, which is really important because yoga needs to be inclusive. It needs to be for anybody who can breathe is the, is kind of my prerequisite. If you can breathe, we'll, we'll find a yoga for you. And I actually did some Instagram lives, with like some short chair yoga. So my mom could do, because she's in her 80s and she was stuck at home. So she was doing my chair yoga at home so we still felt like we were a little bit connected a little bit we did prenatal in the 300 hour now I'll never specialize in prenatal but I do sometimes have pregnant guests and it's important for me not to panic when they walk in so I know what to do I know what to tell them so there's so much in that 300 hour and the philosophy as well like I never understood the philosophy until Michelle and Anna Pilar came along like I used to actually get a headache when I would try to even read the philosophy. 
Yeah, um, I can agree with you from that standpoint. The I feel like it's a very unique and non-dogmatic and welcoming approach to the kind of like more esoteric and harder to grasp topics. Yes, they're, they're so good at explaining them. And like, I can hear Michelle in my head sometimes, like when she's saying, what I was saying earlier about, you know, it's not universal truth, it's my perception. And, you know, she really makes me think twice and they take philosophy from something that's in a book to something that's actually in your 2023 life, which is kind of my approach to yoga and Ayurveda as well. That I, you know, I don't expect my client to be up at 5 a.m. doing their yoga practice and eating, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it needs to be realistic for a busy, you know, 21st century person. And I feel like that's the way they, make the philosophy as well absolutely love the philosophy now obviously after studying tantra as well so the more I kind of learned the more I realized I didn't know up till now which is both like heartbreaking but also amazing because there is kind of no end to this journey I could be learning learning this philosophy till the day I die basically same with, with all of us like we're never going to know it all no and that's why it's called a practice well, that's why we're student forever um, and I love what you said there. Um, it was disappointing and sad, but also really exciting at the same time. And that's such a beautiful yeah. example of what we do as teachers and as students, learning to hold both of those experiences without judgment. Yeah. yeah. And also like, because often women, especially will have like imposter syndrome, but if we just know even a little bit more than the person that we're teaching or helping, well, then we are helping them. You don't have to know everything. And just by sharing our, our story is, is how we create waves, right? Um, just by sharing how things affect you and your perception, that's going to influence other people. We don't have to actually go out and I don't know any other word than like evangelicalize. So like go around and like try to spread it, right? All we yeah. have to do is just be and other people will be affected. And lead by example. Yes, absolutely. Than like trying to change people or preach, even with like being a vegetarian. I know if people ask me, people, my friends often ask me, can you recommend something or what do you think of this or that? But I never gonna I never go around trying to convert people or showing them pictures of, of slaughterhouse. That's not the approach that I like and that I like to take. And it's the same with, with all of this. It's just lead by example. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Um so as you move through the 300, I mean, and now you're going through the 200 Tantra, I feel like this kind of opens this question up really wide. What are some of your favorite things that you've learned about yoga or yourself or both? I actually, in between as well, Michaela, I did the ritual training and the Ayurvedic nutrition. <laughs> I didn't mention I was Pitta. So this is actually my fourth training with my vinyasa practice. Ooh, you are an like gold club alum or something <laughs> well that's why i'm talking about them as if i know them unfortunately they don't know me i hope to get to meet them someday i know they'll be in ireland this year for a retreat so i'm kind of thinking i might gay crash one of the days and just rock up and it's so far i think michelle's middle name is mary and so is mine so we've got very similar names 
You know, both our surnames are young as well. Anyway, oh my gosh, and double M's. <laughs> but to get back to your question about, you know, what I've learned, as I said, like the strong shoulders and, you know, having like strong core, they're just side effects. Getting my throat chakra unstuck, like, is life changing or, you know, I'm, I'm very in, into chakras and that's not what's going to sell it to other people if you're trying to get someone to come to your class, you know what I mean? But these, these are the kind of things that are really important. And like with the Tantra, the whole like self-realization and all of, all of the peace around consciousness, like that's invaluable. That's just so invaluable to me. And like, I thought the 300 hour was life-changing. They're the actual words I would use, but the Tantra even more so. And I didn't even know what Tantra was when I signed up, but it was exactly what I was looking for. I couldn't even articulate what the missing piece was, which I now know is Tantra. Thank you for sharing that. I have the Tantra in my courses and I've started it, but I haven't made a ton of headway. Um, so I, I should really get into it because I, like you, I'm really starting to enjoy the philosophy um, a lot more as I get deeper into my practice. Um, and I, I love Michelle. I hear her in my head too, quite often for different things. Um, so I need to get into that Tantra course. Um, so I want to ask like a bonus question if you don't mind. Of course. What's your, what does your Tantra karma class look like? What did you do? Can you tell us a little bit oh, about that? I'm recording it tomorrow morning just because I did so much today. I thought I would do it, you know, with a fresh, a fresh um, head tomorrow. Yes. What's then, your plan? So just to mention before I tell you my plan, this one I spent six months on. So it wasn't like when I did the 300 hour, I did it, as I said, I did it very fast, but we were, you know, I didn't have anything else to do. I spent entire weekends on the live, the live weekends. And just to mention as well, because I forgot to mention it there, the weekend on holding space, that, that alone was worth the whole experience that like, I never understood the concept of holding space. And when people would say holding space, I didn't really know what they meant. I thought they were just being very pretentious or whatever and after that weekend I mean we were all sobbing on, on that zoom people all around the world on that call all crying together it was it was unbelievable but anyway back to your question my plan for tomorrow so we're just gonna start with a little intro I'm gonna pretend that Anna Palara has no idea what tantra is and tantra is and just give a very very simple explanation the type that I would give to my clients who who aren't familiar and then we, and then I'll let them know what to expect. So to be trauma informed and let them know so they're not worrying during one phase what the next thing is. So we're gonna start with a little arm chanting with, with a mudra. And then we're gonna do some Kalabati. So as you might know, or you might not know, we haven't finished your Tantra. Kalabati is not actually technically pranayama, it's actually Kriya Yoga. But for the purpose of this, mm -hmm. I'm using it as a pranayama. So we're going to raise our energy a little bit with that. And then we're going to do some asana, not as a fitness focus, but to reorganize the relationship between the physical structure of the body, the nervous system and the brain. And that's a quote from the course, but I won't take credit for that. Then we're going to do some meditation, some pratyahara, leaf on a stream, one of my favorites. 
And then we're going to finish with mantra. One of my favorite mantras, Om Ganesha Namaha, 108 times. Ooh, this sounds like such a nice class. I hope so. I hope so. Oh my goodness. Okay. So for those listening, if you don't know what Tantra is, I did an episode with Michelle on Tantra. So you can go back and listen to that if you'd like. Tantra is the holistic application of all forms of yoga together in one. So uh, Max or Margaret said, Kriya, there's mantra, there's asana, there's breathwork, there's so many different things. So it's really just like a compilation of all of the th- all of the different practices. Would you say that that's a pretty layman's description of what that's you find in lovely, Tantra? That's a lovely description and I'll be playing this back and writing that down. Yeah, so it means, it means to weave or woven. So it's weaving together these ancient practices beautiful awesome um i will also be providing links for that tantra course in the description since we are just going tantra today um which was totally unexpected and a lovely surprise so thank you so much for sharing your class with me um how do you feel i'm gonna ask another bonus question if you're okay with that (laughs) how do you feel about teaching tantra versus teaching a quote-unquote like traditional asana class or like a vinyasa class you know what i mean yeah, I, I feel like the perception of Tantra in Ireland is that it's to do with sex. And I don't know whether this stems from Sting. I remember in the 90s, like he was known for having tantric sex. I don't know if it comes from that, but when as soon as I say Tantra to someone, they're like, ooh, sex. I'm like, no. So there's a lot of misperceptions about it. So I think what I will do is start to gradually just sneak in a little arm chanting. And then I have um, an offering. I do new moon and full moon, like rituals online, obviously every fortnight, because that's that's the cycle. And that came out of my ritual training that I did with my vinyasa practice. And that reignited a childhood love of astronomy and astrology. So I love loving the moon. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to add some tantric elements to that. So my next my next one is the new moon that's coming up on the 21st, I believe. And I've already put in, in the description, I put in chan, uh, tantric inspired Chandra practices. So Chandra is moon as in Surya being sun. And then from my retreat, because I wake up really early when I'm on my retreat because I'm working and some of my guests wake up really early. So for my next retreat, I'm offering an optional 7 a.m. tantric practice. So for, it's completely optional. I'd say some people will come and some people won't. And it will be full on chanting, mudra, pranayama. And yeah, so that's how, that's how I'm planning on interweaving the tantra into my classes. What a beautiful offering. And I feel like there's a similar kind of connotation here in the United States about Tantra. Um, and I kind of forget that, especially because I spend so much time at the studio around Michelle and everyone, and we talk about Tantra all the time, and it's not ever about sex. Um, so I, I feel like it's similar here, and I feel like it's just going to have to be like a slow progression. So I love that you're choosing to bring that into your class in a way to like kind of normalize it make it more acceptable more public more open yeah I'm just I'm just saying like tantra inspired 
rather than saying a tantra class because I feel like if I was to offer tantra class there would be people signing up for the wrong reasons yes I like that tantra inspired yeah um okay I derailed the conversation to ask you personal questions so I'll bring us back what are some of your favorite things so we've talked about the courses themselves what do you feel like sets MVP apart from other yoga schools online um a number of things like the teachers as we mentioned all of the teachers every single one of them and all of the facilitators for the office hours are all brilliant and so much knowledge and so much support the recordings in the library like just unbelievable content there and then also the community as well and um, being online you might not think that the community would be as strong but it absolutely is and during my 300 hours especially because I didn't do the tantra live during the 300 I was going to the same office hours every week so I was meeting the same people every week and it was so nice because I'd log on at lunchtime here in Ireland and there would be someone from LA um, can't think of her name right now. Seven Kelly, her name was. She would be in bed at 7 a.m. in LA. And then there was somebody else who would log on from Kuwait and she would show us the sunset out the window. So there was so much community. And I even got sent a care package from one of one of the girls. She had two of the same yoga book and she asked on the office there, would anybody like this? And I said, oh, I'd love it if you're willing to post it from the state. And she sent me a whole care package and makeup and chocolate and all sorts. So it's a really beautiful community. And then even, even here in Ireland, I've met people that weren't on the same course live, but I met them through Instagram. And we're friends now because as soon as they put up anything about my vinyasa practice, I'm like, oh, I want my vinyasa practice. And we're friends and they've, one of them has been to my retreat and you know, we support each other. So we've got a little my vinyasa community in Ireland. Thank you for sharing that. I would have to agree with you that one of my absolute favorite things about MVP is the community. It's so yeah. special and expansive and welcoming. It's And beautiful. it's so important because when you're walking through this material, and as we said, like it can be emotional things that arise for you. It can be all that philosophy that can be so hard to understand. And just to have like, people in the same boat yeah and then different perspectives of the world and it's just amazing I honestly like I couldn't say I couldn't speak highly enough of my vinyasa practice honestly uh, well that leads me into my very last question would you recommend MVP to your friends to your family body and soul I would recommend <laughs> yes I feel like the crazy person who I've got free class cards with me for the studio here in person. And I'm like always chasing people. I'm like, Aaron, you want a free class card? Do you want a free yoga? <laughs> so I, that's me too, body and soul. <laughs> yeah. Well, a friend of mine here in Dublin, she's a personal trainer. She is actually going to a conference in Texas and she will be in Austin. And she was asking, does anyone have any recommendations for restaurants and things? And I was like, please go to my vignette practice. She's not a regular yogi at all. Like she does a class with me once a year. But she um she said, I don't know if I'm gonna have time, I don't know what their schedule. I was like, There's classes every hour. You have to go. You have to go. So I'm gonna make her listen to this podcast now so she'll feel obligated to go. But yes. I would I would love I would love to see a picture of her there. Imagine she got to meet 
yourself or Anna Pilar or Michelle, I'd be like, be like, you know, going to LA meet a slip. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I hope that you are able to crash one of the days in Ireland when they're out there. Um, I think they would love that to be able to like see you and meet up with you too. Um, and if you ever, ever make it to this side of the world, come and see I, us. I have, I, the closest I've been was um, Georgia and Charleston. I've okay. been to the South. I've been to Florida a couple of times. Okay. I haven't been to the States in a while. Yeah. So you never know. You never know. Something might bring you to this side of the world. You come and see us. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for your time, your space, your energy. I know it's late for you. So I want to hold space for you to give anything else you want to share, comments, concerns, anything at all that you want to share with me or the listeners. Um, no, I, I think I've covered everything that I wanted to say and more. So beautiful. I'm happy. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I'm so excited uh, to be able to share this with the listeners. I think there's nothing more valuable for students and prospect, prospective students to hear the experience of students who have gone through it rather than just listen to me and Lee Trainer talk about how much I love MVP. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you for taking this time out and, and sharing with all of us. It's been an honor to connect with you. Um, right back at you thank you so much of course and thank you listeners i hope to see you again next week